0: To start a podcast is easy. To keep one going is hard. Pick a really narrow audience and really just overserve them because they have to give up something else to pay attention to you. Bye-bye. It's even harder to say, hey, I want you to add more time so you can listen to me. But the idea that you need to think about is suggest targeting a very, very narrow audience that begs for your type of content. And it's just like every TV show. As I said earlier with Consistency, if you stop airing on Thursday nights, they're going to go find something else for that. So launch. What is up, you beautiful bastards? It's your boy, Drop It Like It's Hot, aka Rabbi Can't Lose, aka Noah Kagan. Today's episode is about an email I sent to my buddy, Elliot Marshall, who has a podcast. He was like, yo, man, how do you grow a podcast? And I was like, I don't really know, but let me try to share every single thing I've learned about growing a podcast in the past few years, especially how to do it without spending any money, and hopefully it helps you. So this is every single thing I've learned that's action-packed, so if you've ever wanna learn about growing a podcast or growing content in general, I think you're really gonna love this episode. Three major things you're going to take away is what's worked best for me personally, NKP. Come on, no Kagan presents a podcast. Number two, the top tools and tips to save you time and make a great show. And number three, experiments I've tested but do not work, so you don't have to make the same mistakes. Enjoy those three things, plus a bunch more ear nuggets along the way. Before we jump into the conversation, instead of shouting out Hall Drop, which is an amazing place to find new products, just go text one person that you love them. Just be like, hey, man, I was thinking about you. I just did my buddy, Nick Gray. I hope he's doing awesome. Who's your person? Go send him a text right now. And a shout out to a listener. Let's go do it right now. I'm giving a shout out to Tomastan, 33 from Australia. Hey there, mate. How you doing? He said, best business advice. And it's not boring as fuck. Thanks, man. I know my Australian accent isn't up to par, but I'll work on it. If you want a shout out in a future episode, leave an iTunes review. I check every single one of them. Let's get it on. All right. So podcasting 101, growing a small podcast without buying ads. Over the past two plus years, we've had over 2 million downloads. It's crazy. And so we figured a thing out about what works and what doesn't. Let's just get it on about the exact thing that you need to do for podcast marketing and for all marketing in general. The first thing you must do is pick a goal. So I'm going to go through a bunch of different things about how to grow a podcast and just get ready to take notes or you can go on to okdork.com and get the show notes that have full details about this. So in picking a goal, I'm just going to tell you my exact goals. Hopefully it inspires you with yours. Now, first year we did, 2017 was to get 100,000 downloads an episode. We totally failed on that. 2018, we didn't have a goal. I actually kind of was just burnt out. I was like, fuck podcasting. It felt like a job. So our downloads dropped 50%. So we went from 25,000 good-looking people listening to every single episode or downloading them to about 10,000. So that means I still have 10,000 awesome people I get to share cool stories with. In 2019, I was like, man, it's not a job, but I really love sharing these stories. I love talking with you. I love getting up in your earlobes. I got big ears. Hopefully, you you enjoy me in your ears. So my only goal was a progress goal, which was just release one episode a week, and we did it. Now, in 2020, I had a different goal. I was like, do I care if 100,000 or a million people listen? No, I honestly appreciate so much when every single one of you or any of you are like, yo, man, I listened to one episode. I'm like, dude, that's amazing. Or someone's like, yo, I used to listen to it. I'm like, that's still great. Uh, so our only goal for 2020 is to grow our active readers, which is every month in our OK Dork newsletter. So if you haven't signed up, it's OKDork.com weekly. We just want to make sure that every month, the amount of people who are active, meaning they've opened or clicked an email in the past three months. I'm just trying to grow the number each month. So I don't care if it grows by one. I don't care if it grows by 10,000. It doesn't matter to me the quantity of people. It's just that the quality of people that are interested in what we have to share. So that is my goal for 2020. So number one thing you got to do in podcast marketing is pick a goal. Numero dos. So this is the number one thing with podcasting I'd recommend to anyone wanting to grow a show. So and I told you earlier about my, my 2018 bomb, which was my downloads dropped in half, half, as my dad would say about how much my mom took when they got divorced, by not being consistent in 2018. And still, it hasn't fully ever recovered. And so if it gets boring, which it will, it always gets boring if you're doing the same thing, mix it up. And if you are tired of it, then take a short break and launch older episodes. Just relaunch those other episodes. And when you're ready to quit, don't. Batch record episodes, have someone else take over the hosting, talk about why you're burnt out, rerun all the episodes. I really regret being inconsistent in 2018 and I won't ever do it again. And so even now in 2020, I was asking Mitchell last week, I was like, yo, man, do you want to, you want to take over the show? He's like, no, it's your job. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, what about it is boring. And I, and I fixed it and I'm back at it. But also maybe you can bring in other people to your show to help make it easier for you to want to keep going and doing it. So consistency is the most important thing after you pick your goal. With podcasting, it's so crazy. I know you listen to podcasts, you're listening to this one right now, and I appreciate it so much, but podcasting is a zero sum game. So what do I mean by that? Most people have a commute or a bath time. Hi, Neville or a set time they listen to podcasts. So to add in your show, they're gonna have to take out someone else's, bye-bye. So you need to be so damn great that a person would want to give up something else. So my suggestion is that it's really hard to give up something else. It's even harder to say, hey, I want you to add more time so you can listen to me. But the idea that you need to think about is, suggest targeting a very, very narrow audience that begs for your type of content. And to start a podcast is easy. To keep one going is hard. So pick a really narrow audience and really just overserve them because they have to give up something else to pay attention to you. And it's just like every TV show, as I said earlier with consistency, if you stop airing on Thursday nights, they're going to go find something else for that. So launch. So we put out an amazing article that literally every single thing I did to launch my podcast, I think I got over 600 reviews. I had 30,000 downloads or so in the first episode. It's on sumo.com slash stories, how-2-launch-8-successful-podcast. We're going to link it on OKDork, so go over to OKDork.com slash blog, find this post for Podcasting 101, and it's exactly how we launched. So if you are launching a podcast, do it. If your podcast has been out a year, do another launch. So there's exactly everything we did from giveaways to partnerships to having episodes, but do one launch and then keep doing launches on a regular basis. Number four, celebrity names mostly work. So when I got Bo Jackson, who was my idol on my podcast, I was like, finally, I'm going to hit the million download per episode mark. And it really didn't do much for expanding my audience. But I have noticed, I have noticed when I had people like Tim Ferriss or Ryan Holiday, buddies of mine, I do get about 20 to 30% more downloads than regular episodes. So it's important to talk to those people. But frankly, you can just have titles that have their names and, and look at their books. But I wouldn't count on a celebrity really driving the growth of your episodes. I think the key thing here is try a lot of different episodes and content styles out and see which ones your audience really respond to. All right, next up, promotion, promotion, promotion. It's really easy to sit behind this microphone. I'm in a room just talking to you up in your ears, sweetly. And so even though you record the episode, that's the easy part. But putting out and promoting nuggets of it in different places like on Twitter or putting it on Facebook or putting it on Instagram or putting it on TikTok or YouTube, whatever, and emailing your audience, you have to actually go out there, go out to the Facebook groups, go out to Reddit groups, email it directly to people, put it in your email signature. It never ends. And so the way we do it is a proactive dashboard and it's a part of our podcast creation process. So what exactly that means is that after every episode, we have a checklist. Like, did we set up three tweets for this episode? Which means we take some audio clips or some text and put it in Twitter. Did we put it on YouTube? Did we put it on Facebook? Did we put it on this? And so, and we change it. So sometimes we're like, hey, YouTube's not great. Let's not do that. But you've got to be proactive and say, all right, what are the things I know I can do for sure? All right, next up, this is the one, come on, y'all know me for email lists. If you didn't know that, then you're probably in the wrong place. Number seven or so, email list. So I won't spend a bunch of time why email is important. We're in 2020, people. But there's articles on Sumo.com about email list, how to build an email list, 60 free ways you can do it right now. But use SendFox.com. It's free to get going. So SendFox.com, it's what I use to send emails. I built it because I was tired of all the other providers being overpriced and overcomplicated. And it's built for content creators like me and you. And then Sumo.com is a great way, it's free as well, to capture them. Capturing always sounds so harsh. The point is, you gotta email out every single episode. My buddy Jordan Harbinger does it, or is mostly doing it. And you gotta control the information going out to your audience and holler at your people. Otherwise, they may not know about it. All right, next up, this is kind of a dumb one, but you know it, and this is one of the obvious, but you gotta be a guest. One of the ways I think about marketing is, are you in the same medium as the person? So, I've always thought about this when I see billboards. And it's like, if I see a billboard, it's a very hard thing to kind of go and do something because I'm just seeing it driving and then going on. It's like, I'm going to get out my phone and go set up eBay or whatever that is. But if I'm listening to another podcast and it's like, hey, if you liked me as a guest, you're going to like Noah Kagan. Oh, that's pretty good. Might do that one. So point being is that go be on other shows. I know you guys kind of get that, but you're probably not spending enough time doing that. Make it on your productive dashboard that each week you're saying, did I reach out to five people to be on other shows? So Harry, the rideshare guy, a buddy of mine, Approach me and he's like, hey, I want to be on your show. Here's exactly why I'm great. Here's exactly the topics. Here's why it's unique. Here's why he put a lot of time into it. And he got on the show and I promoted him. He also made great content that I was able to give out to my audience. So being on the show is probably the number one way to grow your podcast that I found. It also reduces the friction in marketing and it just makes it a great thing. And so another way you can do it is that if you're not wanting to be on another show, you can just say, hey, I'll promote your show on my podcast, Cross Partnerships. Will you promote... Me on your show, just be like, hey, if you like the show, check out this one and you just do it for other people. So again, you could do that via email or on shows. Like if you don't want to get on shows, just go tell people, hey, check out the show and ask that show. Hey, tell people about me. All right. Next up, be interesting. So this is really another dull one, but it's really important. The more that I've tried to get on other shows, the less I've gotten and the less I've tried to get on the shows, the more I've gotten. And I know it's a little bit counterintuitive because I'm also telling you, you have to be active in getting on shows and, and requesting it. But the more important thing is, are you doing something worth talking about? Like, what are you doing or have done that people want to talk about? And so I get all these emails. It's like, hey, I've got this book coming out or even like the, I think the co-founder of Kickstarter's agency hit me up and I was just like, I don't know. They're on some circuit. I don't really want these people. I like unique people and unique stories to be able to share with you. And so I think for the flip side is if you want to be on other people's shows, what are you really doing that's interesting? So I think that's the key thing is that then just go focus on doing something. The second thing is that on some of the bigger shows, I've been on Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Pat Flynn. Some of these, you know, I felt very fortunate to be able to be on these, but I've known these guys for years. So it wasn't just like, hey, here's a cold email. You don't know me. I have known them for years. Number two, I've sponsored or helped them first. So I've either sponsored Tim Ferriss, I've sponsored Pat Flynn, I've helped them out with other things. And then eventually later, I asked for something. You got to be persistent. So I think with Tim, I've been on the show twice and it was, I was persistent. I was like, yo, man, it's been a while. I think it'd be a great guest. Here's a few things we could talk about I think your audience would like. And so you have to be persistent to get on it. All right, next up, finding new audiences. So one thing that I've seen other podcasts do for growth, and this is helpful for me, is that how are you expanding your Venn diagram of attention by exposing yourself as a guest on other verticals? So what the hell does that mean? That sounds really cool, but I don't know what it means. It means that if you're a productivity person, let's say you're, you teach computer productivity, go on health shows and show how they can be more productive there, or on real estate shows, or show a case in other productivities, health. Uh, sorry, I said that, but like doctors in new verticals and show, oh, if you're in health, here's other ways. Here's all the apps for productivity. Hey, if you're the. And so go expand new audiences, either being as a guest or creating content that is your specialty for new verticals. So go bring your stuff to new audiences. All right. So word of cast. So think about the last podcast you heard. Think about it. Just two seconds. What Which one was that one? All right. That podcast. How did you hear about that one? So it was word of mouth. That's exactly how you heard about it. So you think about it, with each episode, why would someone tell a friend about this episode? Because most podcasts are either A, you get on another show, or B, your boys are having coffee, you're at the gym, you're talking to someone, you're like, oh, Noah had the show, podcasting 101, growing a podcast, growing a small podcast without buying ads. you got to go check it out because you're launching a podcast. So think about with the episode, why would someone want to go tell a friend? Because that's probably the number one or two way of growing your show. All right, next up, gateway drugs. Think about this. It's way easier for someone to sub- to like your tweet, you just hit that little heart button, than to subscribe to your podcast. Why? Because you're asking for a lot more, right? With your podcast, you're saying, I want you to do nothing else because it's hard to focus on other things, really, besides listen to me in your ears for 45 dedicated minutes. Like, we can barely do 30 seconds on the phone. So... You really need to think about a gateway and an onboarding experience because the podcast, what I found, which is really interesting, is that the podcast is really the people who are really the most down and loyal and interesting to hear your opinions. And it doesn't happen generally right away. So you generally need to think about this with getting them on a tweet, right? So just like, oh, follow my Twitter. Oh, that's easy. Anyone can follow on Twitter. Then it's like, oh, maybe join my mailing list. Oh, you like my mailing list? All right, maybe check out this longer blog post. All right, you like the blog post? Here's some YouTube. All right, that's a little bit more. All right, now now you go into the podcast world. And so the thing I think you need to take away as you're running a podcast and running your show is what is the experience? So are you actually doing it in that way? Because I think if you just say, here's my podcast, go do it, you're gonna like it. That's just not how it happens right now. And maybe you're that great, but I think the reality is, is you gotta work people up to that, which is how it'll make it grow your audience. Next up, podcast nuggets. So you should be taking every episode and then breaking out little nuggets that are like the really powerful things. You know, in my episodes, I always call them ear nuggets. So you can either take a full or partial clip on YouTube. Way more people listen and watch podcasts on YouTube than you imagine. I was shocked about this. And you can go look podcast episodes up. So either A, get some nice filming on it, or just take some clips and make a cool video and put that up on YouTube to expand your audience. You can do a write-up on LinkedIn. You can put stories and posts on Instagram. You could do chorus snippets. And you could do it as your podcast snippets as a dedicated or full blog post. All right, more episodes. So this is always an interesting one. So I get about 10,000 downloads an episode, which is awesome. I do one a week every Thursday or when I think Thursday, Thursday. And so last year I did these appetizer ones, which are 10 minutes. And then I did entrees, which were 30 to 60. And it doubled my downloads. Surprise. But it also had a really interesting bonus effect. It kept my show top of mind for people which was really interesting. So people keep seeing it at the top of their feed versus like, you know, eventually they're just going to be like, well, what's available? I'm going to just choose the thing that's available. The thing that was interesting though is I actually had a lot of pushback that people said the five, 10 minute shows were too short, but I still think the overall benefit of having a little one and a big one frequently is good or just frequently if you can do high quality content. All right, this one is is highly underrated and you're spending way less time on it for your podcast, for your emails, for your blog posts, for your YouTube, for Instagram and all these other things. But titles are key. Now think about the shows that you listen to. Let's say you subscribe to this show. You maybe even like me, hopefully, but you're really choosing just based on the title. And so this is literally the most underoptimized piece of every episode. And it, this makes the total difference if people jump in a show or not. So for every one of our podcasts and blog posts, we come, and emails, we come with 10 to 15 different ideas. And then we spend a lot of time tweaking them. So how much time are you really spending on your titles? I'm sure it's a lot less than it should be. All right, next up, serialize your show. So I'm working more on this this year, but how can you create a series of three to five consecutive episodes that people are looking forward to hearing? So look, unless you're Tim or Joe Rogan or someone crazy famous, you're probably not gonna have people like begging for all your shows. But if you look at the top 10 shows on iTunes or in podcasting in general, a lot of them are series, right? It's, hey, here's a series of 10 episodes that you're gonna enjoy. So instead of releasing an interview episode, maybe do five interviews of people that are in order and tell a story so people want to complete the cycle. That's definitely something I experimented with I want to do more of because I definitely think it works. Next up is angle. So we talked about this with, you know, it's a zero-sum game. So what does that mean is that why is someone going to listen to you? And I think you do have to be niche and you do have to be unique. Are you going to be the Jewish real estate person? Are you going to be the gay mariachi band? Are you going to, you know, you need to have some reason people listen to you. And the easy way to think about is what is unique about you that no one else can copy? Like you're not going to beat Joe Rogan getting Elon Musk, but you can beat him in figuring out a smaller group of people who's really excited to hear the unique things that you can share. So think about the angle that you have in your business and in your show specifically. All right, next up, pre-show calls to action. So I've tested this, frankly thinks it's way underutilized. So if you think about attention in most aspects of all things marketing, it's like this curve that's big in the beginning and then just basically dies off. It's in YouTube, it's in everything. So really early in each episode, you should give the audience a call to action. If you have calls to action, like check out my book, go buy this, go read this audience thing, put it up in the beginning. Like if you want them to leave a review for you, if you want them to text you, if you want them to write something, if you want them to do something, you can try a bunch of different calls to action out, but put them early in your show. All right, next up, manual downloads. So I know this is for my buddy Elliot, Elliot Marshall, check out his show. I was getting the juice about, you know, the things that I've done to uh, grow my show. So if you're ever out meeting someone and you're talking to them like, oh, you have a show, you're like, yeah, I have a podcast. I think it's actually cooler to say show than podcast personally. But as I talked about uh, it with someone else, I always download and subscribe my podcast when I meet people that I talk about it. So the thing here is that, I know it's only one at a time but that's how you build up a community that's how you build an audience that's how you build attention you're not going to generally always just get the most so build up a small fire and get one by one and so I'll download it on their phones and it's a little awkward but then the day it works and last up things that work to grow a small podcast without buying ads so podcasting 101 is email signature you're sending emails no matter what in all the different activities you do So throw up your podcast in your email signature. It should have a link to your show, even your latest episodes or an email list that then sends your episodes. So that's it. Things that didn't work. I'm gonna share some stuff. Did not work. All right. Guest promotion. So this is one that's annoying. I'll get invited to a show. Hey, no, I'd love to have you on. Of course. Yeah, that sounds great. Depending on the show, I'm happy to do. So I get on the show, do the show. It's fun. After the show, they're like, hey, here's all the links that I need you to send out to your email list. I need you to put on your, your Instagram. I need you to put on like, I'm like, why am I doing this for you? And so I hate it when people do this and I don't do it to any of the guests on our show. And I was just literally talking about this with Sean with Hall Drop, H-A-U-L-D-R-O-P.com, where we promote the coolest products online, physical products. And you have to think about why would they want to? And most of the time they don't. And if you can figure out a way that makes it great for them to want to share it, do it. Like make the episode so great and tell them. That's all I think that's the way that you can do it that's lighter and the more likely to do it, which is, hey, we just did the show, here's a link, and then here's the tweet I did. I really appreciate what you did. But don't say, can you please promote this? It's annoying and I um, don't no one does it. Next up, show notes. So we were spending like, I don't know, a few hundred bucks per show notes. We've written over 150 show notes, Google Analytics, site traffic from them. It's worthless. It's basically negligible. So it's almost better not to do them. And just write up a great article around specific keywords or content when you have them ready. And just tell people, sorry, we don't have any show notes. I think people do them because they expect to do them. And people have asked for them. And like, oh, can I have a transcript? I'm like, it doesn't give me any traffic. It doesn't do much for me. So I've reduced spending time and money on that. And last up, because this podcast is about it, advertisements. So I've tried it on Overcast. I've tried it on Listen Notes, And you're spending for a listener around $9. So none of them did like crazy downloads. You know, maybe two years ago, Overcast was pretty good for it. But you think of the shows you listen to or emails you read, almost very few come from advertisements. A lot of it is you you see maybe potentially an ad for content and you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Let me read the content. And then you get an email and then the email says, oh, here's another content. And then the next one's like, oh, here's a really interesting interview that you may want to listen to. So I think what does work for ads related to podcasting is, yeah, just focus on blog posts that have email opt-ins. It's way less friction. And once you get them addicted with the gateway drug, you can push them your podcast. And two... If you have monetization in your content, so say you have a course or you have a book or you have ads, if you can know what it costs to acquire a customer or if you know how much the customer is worth, the LTV, the lifetime value, then you can go spend money on advertising because you can assume the cost on your purchases for doing those ads. All right. So here are some tools and trends of things I've used in the podcast over the past few years that I'd like to recommend for you. So... I do use Zencaster a lot of the time. I like Skype, which is still kind of shitty in 1994, but it's got video, which I like. And I like seeing the other person. But Zencaster doesn't look, really look like much, but it's actually amazing for getting really high quality audio. And I put out my first three episodes and they were really shitty quality audio. And I people were like, fuck this audio. I can't hear shit. I don't like it. I was like, what do you mean? It's the audio me and I'm talking to him. It's fine. Just enjoy Just be appreciative. It's free. But then I was like, all right, let me do better audio. So Zencaster makes it really easy to record remote interviews with studio quality sound. And it integrates with, I use it with Dropbox, so it automatically goes in there or you can use Google Drive. And so the thing I, I really appreciate about it specifically, it's one of the most reliable and quality ways to record episodes. Because I can't tell you, you know, when you record an episode, the first thing after you're recording with someone else, you're like, holy crap, that was the most amazing episode I've ever done. I really hope it recorded. And so what Zencaster does, which is cool, is it records it locally on each person's drive. So even if everything on the web internet world crashes, which is happening, sorry, Corona, it'll upload to Dropbox afterwards. So you'll be able to make sure you get all the episodes. So definitely check that out, Zencaster. Next up is Descript. I interviewed the founder, Andrew Mason. You can check it out. It's called the founder of Groupon's new thing, the Andrew Mason interview. And Descript makes it super easy to record, transcribe, and edit audio with simple drag and drop. That sounds like an ad, but it's just that damn good. Normally we were paying a dollar a minute or something pretty crazy for transcriptions, even though no one really listens to them, but we use them to make articles out of the podcast. And so Descript is literally instantaneous and editable with doing the audio, which I find really impressive. The tool is super helpful for both editing and promotion because you can read the transcripts and then search for great topics and summaries and takeaways to p- put together ways to promote. I think they do have a free version. So go check it out, descript.com. Another thing, uh, Tools and Trips, is podcast topics. So we create three columns in Google Sheets, which is topics, potential guests, and SEO. So topics is list out all the most interesting topics you would love to discuss. This would also help you come up with ideas for potential guests. Number two is potential guests. Remember, you don't need a guest for each episode. And some of the episodes that are more unique is that it's just you talking and sharing something like this content that's unique just for the Noah Kagan Presents show. So having a general idea of topics will help you with pitches to guests to come on the show or figuring out the guests that are gonna be the most interesting for you. And last up is SEO. So I wouldn't worry about this starting out. Again, you could just focus on topics you're most interested in, but if after you exhausted that list, look what topics you know are popular. There's explodingtopics.com, there's meet glimpse, there's the hustle trends. Ultimately, I don't really do a lot of SEO for finding out different topics for podcasts. I really just think about what books am I reading, which products am I using, which things am I curious about lately, Who have I talked to recently that I've really enjoyed? And that's really what I go after. The other thing that I would think about podcast topics is I have my attainables list. So again, I think that's one of the the coolest things to be doing is like, who are the people that you would love to be chatting with? Like who would, you know, who do you want to learn from or who do you want to share their story and have this dream list? Like I have Donald Miller coming up in May and he's been on my list for two years because I read his book, A Thousand Miles, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, which is a phenomenal book. Uh, and I'm super excited because I kept putting out, I want to talk to Donald Miller. I want to talk to Don Miller. And I get to talk to Donald Miller pretty soon. So those are the ways that I found podcast topics. There's a bonus way to figure out a podcast topic, which is I did this recently in a Facebook group. I said, okdork.com slash group, come join it. It's a free group where we all help each other out. And I posted in the group, I said, hey, I'm going to get on the phone with one person for 30 minutes. Just post what, the one thing you'd want to talk about. And so I think about, I don't know, 4,000 people. Just kidding. I, think, I don't know. Like a good amount of people posted their questions. And I went on the phone with Nick, was it Rick James? Nick James, and uh, it was awesome. But what it also did is it gave me a lot of topics that I could then use for the show because it helped me see what are the people that are in this tribe, the OK Dork tribe, want to hear about. So you can either email your audience a survey or just say, hey, if I made it my next show, what do you want to talk about? Or just post in the Facebook groups or whatever community you have to see what things that people want to hear. And last up, podcast icon and podcast logos, designs, et cetera. So be careful here. So it could be super easy to waste tons of time on the perfect podcast icon or logo or design. And it's funny how all of them kind of look the same nowadays, which is kind of crazy. But just go use a free tool like canva.com. And I think on the AppSumo blog, uh, we'll put in the show notes, there's a lot of Canva alternatives. And just get something out there. You can always change it later. I think we had this one version and we put out another version. So great content with okay design is way better than no content because you're still over designing. The main image of this post is just a little taco man with a megaphone. All right, y'all, have fun. So sure, a podcast can be part of your job or an extension of your business, but at the end of the day, if you're not having fun with it, what's the point? I've really appreciated all the, I don't know, two, three years that I've been able to share these different people's stories and, and meet people like yourself who've listened to the show and, and be able to help all of us live a great life. So I'm gonna just run through one more time the list of them, because if you're trying to remember them, maybe you forgot, but Podcasting 101, grow a small podcast without buying ads. Here's the list of the things to do to grow your show and some things not to do, but pick a goal. Be consistent. It's a zero-sum game out there, so make sure that you're important enough. Launch and launch again. Celebrity names mostly work. Promote, promote, promote. Promote. Have a proactive dashboard with it so you make sure you do it with every episode. Get your email list and then have an onboarding sequence so you can get them hooked on your stuff. Be a guest on other shows. Be interesting or do interesting things so that people want you on their show. Find new Venn diagrams of audiences. Be on new verticals. Word of cast, remember, people are talking about your show. In each episode, why are they gonna share this episode to their friends or tell about their, to their friends? Next up, gateway drugs. So on your, and you're thinking about your audience. So if you go join the okdork.com newsletter, so go to okdork.com slash weekly, you'll actually see how we do our onboarding and you'll see when, which is not actually, I used to have it right in the beginning. Now I have it later. I think it's the fourth email. It's like, hey, here's my Facebook group. Hey, follow me on LinkedIn. Hey, here's a few other things that I think are lighter, easier, digestible things. And if you want something a little meatier, now that you're a little bit more interested in me, now you can check out the podcast. Next up, make nuggets. So take your, your podcast and break it out into little nuggets and put it everywhere all over the world. Do more episodes. People want more than you think. Spend more time on your titles than you realize. Serialize your show. Create a little mini series out of it. What's your angle? Why is someone listening to you? Do your pre-show calls to action early in the show? Manual downloads. Every person you meet should download your show. And last up, do your email signature. A few things that didn't work is guest promotion. Don't expect them to do anything. Show notes suck and ads mostly suck too. And the last tools and trends that I'm enjoying is Zencaster, Descript. And I give you a few ideas on podcast topics, but create your attainables list and go get those people on your show or just create a show just about yourself. And it's awesome. Remember podcast icon on podcast logos? Nah, it's okay. One thing to create a podcast, even if you're like, I want to do it, but I'm not really sure. Just go interview your family and friends. It's a cool memento that you can always have for the rest of your life, even if you never put it out there. That's something I've done. And lastly, with these shows at the podcast, you're going to die, or maybe not, but have some fun. Podcasting 101. Rabbi Can't Lose. I'm out.